Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much In this 60-minute masterclass, y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to thehasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's thehasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Okay, so welcome back to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea podcast. This is your co-host, Ashley, fine solo kind of, except for that I brought on a very special guest. She is actually one of my OG clients. I mean, I think I had definitely had clients before and not that it wasn't special or unique, but I feel like she might have been the first batch of clients who we helped get pregnant. And 
What's so interesting is that Danny and I like didn't set out to be like, and then we're going to help women get pregnant. It was just something really cool and like an added bonus that we um, had that opportunity to do. And then more and more and then more and more. And so I just thought it was really important that we pause and go all the way back to the beginning. So let me introduce you to Kristen Lee. How are you, babe? I'm good. How are you? Okay. So let's dive in. She and I were just talking about how it feels like it's been ages ago, but it really hasn't. But um, let's just be real. Uh, one month in HA <laughs> like time frame feels like two years, right? So oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So I kind of just want to get your backstory. How did you even First off, how did you even find the AJ Society back then? Um, I think honestly, I was just doing a lot of Googling and I feel like sounds like a broken record, but I found Stephanie Buttermore and she was like, you know, she was the first yeah. person I found that talked about it. And I was like, so this is a thing. <laughs> so let's and just then- pause. I, that's, you know, like I found her as well. And it was like, I know some people have like thoughts about her. I don't know. I, I feel like we try to like not be super judgmental. Um, but I found her story super helpful, super helpful. I just needed to see a live person recovering, but anyways, but yes, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, like she put it all out there, like the good, the bad and the ugly. And I feel like that really showed me like, I'm not the only person to go through this. It's just not a lot of people talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so I basically just started looking through like hashtags and, you know, women with those stories. And I came across Danny's art and that was how I, you know, found the HA society. And I was like, okay. And like, just seeing the interaction and I'm like super, I, you know, I'm an artsy person. So that's kind of what (laughs) drew me to that first of all. And then just like, you know, seeing how she was discussing it and bringing girls in, I was super drawn to that. And it more being so like a community rather than Mm -hmm. it just being like one person just spewing out information, if that makes sense. Yes. Now I'm gonna have to let Danny, um, I feel Danny hasn't taken a break from art. I just think that that was her way of like expressing herself during that time and so she's in a different season but I'm gonna have to be like Danny bring back the art bring you know, <laughs> bring it back because you know I love it as well too right like I'm always like yes I want to see more like normal individual like size I guess y'all I'm late to the party but there's something called mid-size I don't <laughs> anyways let's not get too distracted okay so then you found the HA society and then we got paired up and so um and I'm just so pumped that I got to be your coach and just watch this whole thing but I kind of if like we can put ourselves back there what led to you developing HA so it all started I'll say when I met my husband, we, like our thing was going to the gym. That was like mm-hmm. our big thing. And at the time we were dating and I had been stuck in a plateau for, I swear it felt like an eternity. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to count calories and I'm going to beat this thing. And so I got really like, you know, I 
deep down into counting calories and it got to like an unhealthy point where I was working out six, seven days a week and I refused to like exceed my macros Mm. or exceed my Mm -hmm. calories. And coincidentally enough, we had gotten engaged and that weekend I was supposed to start my period and it never came. And so I was like, oh my gosh, we're engaged and now I'm pregnant. Like I was freaking out. <laughs> so that was like the first month that I found out like I didn't have a period and it had skipped. But then obviously I came to realize I wasn't pregnant. But then after that, I had still continued to, you know, work out and diet and it just never came back. So you were like, oh, look at me. I'm so lucky. Look at me. I got pregnant. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> like here's the thing. <laughs> I didn't like, I thought that was the only way you couldn't have a period. I had no idea True. that it was a thing. True. I mean, um, Danny's been, I think she had put out a reel about how it's a little bit concerning if you skip your cycle and that's not alarming to you. Not like, okay, whatever, but where, where you're like, if, if like you accidentally wind up pregnant that means you haven't had a cycle for a really long time. And that means, you mean that it's been normalized anyways. I mean, I think I normalized not having a cycle simply because all the doctors told me that it was normal and it was okay and whatever. But I love that your immediate thought was, Oh, like I must be pregnant. Right. Because that's kind of what you would, because you had been cycling up until that. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're engaged, not pregnant, not pregnant. And then I feel like if I remember correctly, you had the wedding and then you started to work with us because you really wanted to start a family. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Or Yeah, that's correct. Okay. So you kind of were like, look here, I'm ready to do the thing because I like want a baby, like really bad. So walk us through that. Like, what is that? What did that feel like reaching out for help? Like, because I, because at that point we kind of have to, I'm sure you're having to navigate thoughts of like infertility. Yeah, that was my biggest concern. Like my husband and I were like, we're going to wait a year and have babies. But then we got married and we were like, no, we want babies now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, How how silly of us. But it was just, um, that was like a big concern of mine. Cause I was like, well, I guess, you know, I probably should get my cycle back first. And what if I can't get my cycle back or how is like, how long is this going to take kind of thing? So I felt like I tried to navigate it as much myself as I could. Like, the first thing I did was I went to my doctor and got my levels checked. Mm-hmm. And the only thing, it was nice to do that. And I was like, okay, now I know my levels, but I have no idea what any of this means. Yeah. And yeah. So, yeah. Like, I don't know. Is that a good thing? Is that, they don't really like explain the numbers to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first thing that they did was uh, they gave me a pill that I had to take for a week to start my period. And now I can't remember the name. Was that uh, Provera? Like they did the Provera challenge? Yes, that's exactly what they did. And so I was like, my period's going to come. I'm so excited. I literally was like counting down the days for my period to start. And then it never came. (laughs) I was Uh, like, yeah. Wait, what? (laughs) Like I thought this was supposed to work. And so once that didn't work, you know, they wanted to do a bunch of other things. But in my heart, 
like I had to sit on it, pray on it. And then when they, I came to that realization, like, I want to do this the natural way. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want this and everyone goes about it their own way. But like, for me, I just wanted to go as natural as possible. And I wanted to kind of challenge my body to, you know, restart on its own. Yeah. Because if I remember correctly, like your cycle wasn't missing that long. It's not like you were able to normalize not having a cycle for like five years, like me. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. It wasn't that long. (laughs) Yeah, no. So I feel like it was like about six months or I could be off. How long did you Um, not have a cycle? So I lost it in September of 2019. And I know. Then, I have to look back on the stats because because I have it somewhere, but it wasn't very long. It was not very long at, for like a long time. I'm looking back on my Instagram because I I'm, because I'm pretty sure I shared your story. Um, okay, and then that's when we started the process of recovery, and I remember it was. I do feel like for you, it was one of those things that kept you going when things got really, really hard, but each month that your cycle didn't return, obviously, cause like we were doing like the deep work. What was that knowing that you're like, I'm doing this to get pregnant. Like what's going on? Um, it was really like, honestly, it was really, really hard. And I know it's so challenging because it feels like recovery takes forever. And even for me, it was only, I think (laughs) we did coaching for three months before I got my period. Yeah. But just three months felt like forever. But, um, I think what really helped me get through it was, you know, hearing other women's stories, you know, and seeing that there's a light at the, the end of the tunnel and also like just little things that, um, we would do as far as like, um, well, can I say this like you know tracking cervical mucus oh and, yeah like, girl say it all <laughs> oh yeah and I mean girl we talk about everything <laughs> so it's like you know when you start seeing those like sorts of signs even those are little like you know lights at the end of the tunnel so it was just feeling that and not feeling cold all the time and like having more energy and not having to stress about, oh, wait, can I not eat this today? So it was like, those things helped me keep going because it relieved a lot of stress in my life. Mm-hmm. But you also like the community and you and my family, my support system helped me navigate through those times where it wasn't so easy. Yeah. So, okay. so I found her stats guys. She had HA for a year and five months. A year and five months. And she is right. I, after three months of working together, she did get her cycle back. But I remember those, those three months felt really long to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, th- and, and, and I think that's something that, um, it's so interesting. Cause like whenever I recovered, like I didn't have that motivation because I wanted you know, to get pregnant. Right. So I was willing to take longer because it just wasn't a drive. I do find that when I'm working with women who like have this internal drive they're like I it's like it's it's so primal that like there's no stopping it it's like I will conceive and birth a child it's so primal that I'm like what you know what I mean it's just it I mean I think everyone who's like listening whose 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 journey is because they want to get pregnant can relate that 
it's just the most primal thing. So from the very beginning, that was, I do remember it was something that we had to like, not get discouraged by that. That was the goal. Even if that first month, second month or third month, or, you know, um, leading up to the third month, you know, just because you didn't see ovulation or just because you didn't bleed does not mean that this is officially off the table. Right. You know, that is, so what was the biggest change? I mean, I know that we say like, what is the biggest change? Um, but I also tend to find that it could be a lot of small changes, but what was like the thing I like to ask that, like you finally let go of that allowed you to recover. So step one, ovulate. (laughs) Yeah. Um, the one thing I had to let go was wanting to be able to keep my smaller body and have a period. Because, I mean, it took me a while to achieve that body. And I was so, like, it's so twisted. I was so proud of it because I had reached mm-hmm. a lot of the goals. But at the same time, I was, like, probably my most unhappy when I was in my smallest body. So I had to just, like, come to that realization of even when I was at my smallest, at my most fit, like, most lean, you weren't even, you know, like, happy smiles every single day you're miserable you're hungry and so what's preventing you from just like letting that go like Mm -hmm. snap out of it kind of thing so once I could let that go and just allow myself to recover and not control everything you know especially when it comes to food especially when it comes to exercise and I let control of that go it allowed me to recover a lot faster I feel like and, and, I, and I feel like sometimes like we can talk about, and then, and then I just let go, but this was like a slow prying from your hands from day <laughs> one. Like, I mm-hmm. feel like that would be accurate. You know what I mean? To be like, like, like this was, it wasn't that she just woke up one day and was like, yeah, I just like, don't care anymore, guys. It was day after day after day of trying to hold on to it and finally being like screw it I've already gained weight anyways because that was a really big thing for you because you because you did come from a very fit lean and what everyone would say would be healthy so I'm sure nobody even suspected that you were struggling with infertility because you quote-unquote looked so healthy right exactly you know, um, and I even remember, I feel like your, I feel like you mentioned, like your mom was like, I never struggled with this. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to help you. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why you're not ovulating type of thing. Tell us a little Mm -hmm. bit about that, about how like, it can almost feel really strange to be the only person in your circle group, not able to conceive. Hey, do you know what your blind spots are? As in, do you know what it is, what the thing is that is holding you back from getting your period back? Look, it could be an absolute plethora, cornucopia of things. But in our practice, what we tend, the first place we tend to go is what behaviors and habits do you have around food that you may be still doing and these are called blind spots because we just don't necessarily always know that they're an unhelpful habit 
or that it's something that we're doing, whether it be a subconscious or conscious need to control our food or our body, or whether it be something that you've just done for so long that it feels normal and like a preference even. We have created a checklist. It's a three-page checklist that goes through food types, behaviors around food, and mindsets around food. And what you do is you go through the lists and you check off and you see which ones are you doing, whether it be daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and how are they potentially affecting your recovery today? So it's a really simple checklist. It's just three pages. You go through it. There's a very simple scoring system to help you figure out um, how much this may be impacting your recovery. And it's just an insightful thing for you to do to help you reflect and then you can journal about it or you can learn more about it and just start really working at any of the boxes that you checked and understanding that they're playing a role in your recovery so to get the checklist all you have to do is go to the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and we'll send it straight through to you you can print it off And you can check on it every now and then. I always recommend a reflection point every like four to six weeks. How are you going? Are you still checking that behavior off or have you, you know, systematically kicked it to the curb? So check it out. It's the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and it will be waiting for you there. Yeah. So if if you guys saw me, I'm like a five, five. I guess mid-sized white girl, but my, the women in my family are like five foot, if that, and Asian. So mm-hmm. they're all very tiny and petite, and can conceive children like it's you know the easiest <laughs> thing on earth. And so for them, it's like my grandma has four, or yeah, she has four children. My mom has two children. Everyone in our family, you know, conceived the first time they tried. So there was no one for me to really talk to because for them, it was so easy. And because I've made, I may have been like the smallest at for myself at that time, but for them, they're way tinier than I am. So it -hmm. didn't like make sense to them how they could be smaller than me, but still make babies, (laughs) you know? (laughs) They're like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. So that was, that was really, really hard for me because it, it does make you feel like when you're the only woman, in your family to have it, you know, struggle with conceiving children. It's like, well, what's wrong with me, you know, and it's really isolating. And then you just don't really want to talk to them about it because it's hard for them to understand, you know, and I can't, couldn't expect them to, but it is hard. And especially when all your friends and stuff are having babies too, (laughs) that's like the icing on the cake sometimes, but yeah. And even just to speak to that, that you're potentially, which may or may not be true because we actually don't know people's story, right? So that's a whole other thing. But at least in your immediate family group, you are potentially the only one that had to gain weight to mm-hmm. be able to conceive. And everybody was just like popping off, you know what I mean? Like not even having <laughs> to try, which can feel like very, I, you know, like I do remember that there was very moments of like, but why do I have to do this? Mm-hmm. nobody else in my family has had to do this um and just for the people out there because I just feel like numbers are helpful we're the very few podcasts that does talk about numbers but again the reason why we do is because if Danny would have never shared her numbers I would have been still with 
being like, my 1800 calories are just fine. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with me. You know what I mean? So when Danny shared what she was eating and how she developed HA, it, it, I mean, it stopped me in my tracks and I had to reevaluate that it is possible that I had it too, simply because she did share numbers. So how much total weight? I mean, I know that you had been trying before we started to work together on like recovery, but from the moment of like the depths of your HA to conceiving, how much weight did you have to gain? 30 pounds. Yeah. So I love that you said that. Cause I was trying to say that to somebody today on a call and she was just like, absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. And I'm like, I know I felt that too. So had you known that you had to gain 30 pounds from the beginning, do you think you would have? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, like I literally, if someone would have told me like, yes, you can gain 30 pounds. I don't think I would have been like, oh, yay. Like, <laughs> eat whatever I want I would have been terrified because I mean for a lot of women you know we struggle with how we look so to be told that you're gonna be in this new body is like what (laughs) and so you know I also think and let's just kind of break this down to a PS y'all I did have to gain 30 pounds uh, to restore my cycle um so there's that you know that's actually not an uncommon number um a lot of women have to gain 30 pounds so when I say a healthy amount of weight, what number just automatically popped in your head right now? If I think like a healthy, like 15, it's like. Me too. I think 15 <laughs> too. Absolutely. Okay. So you know, like my whole point in saying that guys is that that is the problem is that whenever we listen to other fertility podcasts, and I'm not saying that everyone has to gain 30 pounds or that you have to brace yourself to gain 30 pounds, but, but, but I do want to show that anytime that we talk about that, there does need to be some healthy weight gain. I want you to see, even though she and I are recovered, it, it, it is programmed in us that like, Oh, 15 pounds is healthy. But had she and I only gained 15 pounds, we would still be in HA. Mm-hmm. And I think that's wild. You know what I mean? So I do think that there's a merit, like there's some merit to like not knowing how much you're going to have to gain because you probably wouldn't ever do it. I know I wouldn't have. I'd be like, absolutely not. You're crazy. There must be another way. There's something else I haven't tried. Like maybe that's true for you, but it's not true for me. I mean, to the point where I'm about positive. I would have like gone in some like mental hole where I was like, that's true for you, but can't be true for me. Yeah. I'm the exception. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm the unicorn guys. Get off me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. So what did it feel like to be 30 pounds up? And obviously everything started to turn back on estrogen, FSH, LH, progesterone, cervical mucus, sex drive, you know what I mean? Emotions came back. (laughs) No. (laughs) P.S. You've got to tell the people. Tell the people. Oh my God. Okay, so on emotion, (laughs) on emotions, tell the people (laughs) about your emotions turning on. It was just like one day randomly, (laughs) I told my husband I loved him and could just not stop crying. (laughs) And I just remember being like, what in the world is wrong with me? Like, why am I crying? All I'm saying is I love you. (laughs) 
And I told Ashley, I was like, there is something going on. <laughs> something wrong. I'm pretty sure you started shortly after. I'm pretty sure you started your period shortly after. I was like, I was like, I don't, all, all I could do was laugh with her. Like, like we were rolling, <laughs> laughing. Um, what did your husband say? Like, was he like, okay, love you too. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. He was like, okay, I love you. <laughs> I'm just going to leave you be okay. <laughs> Um, can we just give a shout out to all the supportive people who are with you in your journey as you <laughs> regain emotions, hormones, um, all the things like, oh my gosh. Okay. <sighs> yes. When emotions turn back on. Okay. Then I want to say, I don't think it was very long after that you were pregnant. Mm-hmm. Was it like the month after? Y'all, this has been. So, I think I had my period in January and I had my second one in February. And then mm -hmm. I got pregnant in March. There we go. Okay. So then like, so then like your, so then on like your third cycle, you, mm -hmm. you were able to get pregnant. <sighs> my goodness. Now. Were you like actively trying? So like just setting this up for the people. You know what I mean, obviously, like we would go through your chart. We would look at your fertile window. Um, were you guys planning on or was this like your sex drive got the best of you? <laughs> <laughs> no, we were trying. We were like actively trying and I was, you know, we were tracking and everything like that. So, Yeah wild wild I just love that and I mean you are postpartum you have your baby and your cycle has returned and so I'm just pumped that you're able to like use everything that like we chatted about even like after like this isn't just like oh here just get your get your cycle back and have no idea what to do <laughs> yeah it's honestly recovery helped me so much it's like more than just recovering especially for women who are trying to get pregnant it helps you through you know postpartum through you know that's a challenge in itself the body image you know mm -hmm. struggles with that and then I mean after if you're not breastfeeding like you know you're trying to get your period back or once you're done breastfeeding getting your period back it just it gives you all these tools and it's like yes I know what to do I've done this before kind of thing yeah, you're like, this isn't the first time my period's been missing, but although it's a different reason, I know, you know, like, like I actually know what to do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, I just love it. So, I mean, I just love sharing stories just because I'm sure at one point you went from this place of feeling like I'm infertile. What do I do? Did you ever, and not, I mean, Danny and I are not anti IUI or IVF or anything like that, but had that ever crossed your mind or were you like, absolutely not? I know I've, I've cycled before I can get back to it. Um, I had never considered it. I just thought like, I'm going to give myself, you know, time. I'm not mm -hmm. going to put that pressure on myself. Like I knew I wanted a family, but I wanted my body to do what it needed to do and I just had faith that it could do it one day so yeah I mean so thankfully like your cycle wasn't missing like too long 
Yeah. I mean, not that that prevents anybody from recovering, but I do think that we normalize it. And the longer we don't have our cycle, the more we accept that that is just how our body is, that our body forgot how to ovulate, just kind of all those things. And so I do feel like the quicker somebody can find us, start coaching, start HA recovery, you know, I mean, ideally, I feel like if people can get to us, like at the three month mark, it's really awesome because it's like, no, 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 no. You were just ovulating three months ago. There's no entertaining that your body forgot how to ovulate. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, they can do it. (laughs) You know, the sooner you catch it, the better, but like, I would just, there's no harm in trying no matter how long you've gone without your period, just, you know, Mm-hmm. screw it what do you have to lose you already don't have it so at least try to do it yourself you know yeah and think about at the height of ha you're feeling so crazy anyways like because i think once once you learn that you have ha there's no going back it's not like you can stick your head back in the sand of ignorance of you know what i mean because i do remember being like danny i wish i just didn't know anything so i could just get back on the pill and just go like live my life you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But really what I wanted was I just didn't want to address any of the things that were actually in my power to address, you know? Ugh. Yeah. Okay. So what would you say to somebody who's on their fertility journey? It doesn't have to be super deep, but what was maybe something that like you kept in mind and maybe that you kept telling yourself in your fertility I would just say don't give up even when it gets hard because it's so easy to like give in to those feelings of you know it's never gonna happen or you know kind of like self-loathing and all that stuff you just just keep going like because when it gets so hard and so ugly what happened for me is that's when I was like just on the verge of getting my period you know that's true Mm. Yeah, you're like in the depths of it and like hating all things about everything. And then it's like, oh, that's why (laughs) you're very back. Yeah, I do remember. I feel like you were at that pivotal point. Not saying that you were going to quit, but everyone who's on the AJ journey is like, I think I'm just going to quit. Like, I just don't, you know what I mean? Because it was like the 30 pounds. You're like, how much more? What else do I have to do? And that's so true that like, they're actually, if, if, if you have true AJ, which most of y'all will know, you know what I mean? There is no evidence that you can't restore ovulation. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so, yeah. Oh, and I like, as, as hard and ugly as it is, like, I look back on that time now. So I'm like, it feels like forever ago, but it's just, all of my time, energy, and like mind power was focused into recovering my period that I feel like I let life pass me by in a way. Mm, so it's like so as much true. as HA is a part of your life and you're trying to restore this, don't make it be your life. You know what I mean? Because your life is so much more than that. Yes. So yeah. You got to kind of shift it. Yeah. We're clearly passionate about ovulating, but that's not your sole purpose in life. Like you're supposed to live your life and ovulate. You know, I've been saying this all the time, live your life and ovulate. Just go live your life and ovulate. Like that is, 
you know, we don't want anyone ever graduating from our programs or anything like that, being so obsessed with ovulation that they stop living their life. You know what I mean? And like recovery can feel that way, right? Where you're like, it's so all-encompassing. Um, and yeah, so I think that I love that. Because you're right, you can get so caught up in it that like life really is passing you by because you've like, like hid from the world and you're like over consuming HA content, reading studies, stuff like that, you know? Yes, delete Google. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Okay, lady, thank you for sharing your story. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. It was so good to go down memory lane. And y'all, I know that it can feel like looking back on her story that it was really easy and just know that she was there too. Like she was in the depths of it too, feeling super puffy, feeling really uncomfortable in her body, going through all the things and she made it out on the other side. So, well, thank you for joining us. Love it. I'll get this posted for all the people to hear. But yeah, of course. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey there, it's me, Danny, and I want to tell you about Temp Drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So Temp Drop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device, so you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are, and that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping. But once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, my wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So temp drops accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature This includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs. And then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period. And if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy or you want to chart for health reasons, like HA recovery, making sure your cycle is not slipping back in the HA direction. Temp drop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, 
even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the temp drop. And we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHA Society. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, AFHA Society at the checkout, that will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is, of course, dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there, but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general. Get your husbands on it. Get your partners on it. If you have a history of HA and add on top of that, maybe a history of the pill, maybe you've been pregnant before, you know, through treatments or other like you've just, your body's been through anything, you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural. This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef and my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.